Welcome to Off The Cut, a podcast where we talk about building, making, and answering all of your questions. I'm Eric from Spensley Design Co. And I'm Zach from Zach Builds. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, you can send it to offthecutpodcast at gmail.com. You can find both of us on YouTube, Instagram, and unfortunately, because we have to keep up with kids, you can find us on TikTok too. All right, now let's get into the show. Well, howdy there, partners. (laughs) Welcome to Off the Cut episode 66. I do declare that today up in Toronto is known as Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. But I reckon down here in Ohio, today is respectful. I can't keep that going. Yeah, today that's going to get res- painful. <laughs> today is it's not as painful as the Green Sewers podcast. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, but here in Ohio, today is respectfully dedicated to the food of the day. This website, I might have to pick a new website. Yeah. This is not an, this isn't a food. Drinking with chickens. <laughs> with chickens? What, what? what? What does that even mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Is that a term that we're, okay, drinking with chickens. Drinking with Chickens Day. Drinking yeah, with yeah. Chickens. There's a website, drinkingwithchickens.com. What? It's World Turtle Day. That would have been better. <laughs> I think free range cocktails for. I think this is another one of those like branding things that they snuck in there. Like chickens is like a like a kind of a like like liquor or something. I think it's just some. There's like a, I don't know. I think this is weird advertising for drinkingwithchickens.com. Wait, wait, wait. I found a better explanation. It's a celebration of the farm to table slash farm to glass movement. Oh. I I don't know. I I mean, I do. Okay. Eggs come from chickens, despite the fact that people think that eggs are dairy. Um, (laughs) well they're in the dairy section so do you know i would be i actually want to put out an instagram story asking eggs dairy or not dairy yeah and see what people vote because i guarantee there's at least 20 percent of the people who would say that eggs are dairy i think so i think so like if you if you're going on a dairy-free diet i bet you most people would start avoiding eggs like if your doctor was like, Eric, you have <laughs> you have to go dairy free for the next little bit. You'd be like, okay, no more eggs for me. Guess I'm not <laughs> eating rice. <laughs> but uh but so okay, I can I can see the connection here. All right. Let me hear me out. Okay. Eggs come from chickens. We've established this. Not cows, it's not dairy. We don't need to rehash that. Mm-hmm. I actually will put eggs in some of my cocktails. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. See how this is a farm to glass thing, huh? Sure. Yeah, okay. Do you put free range eggs in your I put whatever eggs I've got. Yeah. Do you buy free range eggs? Well, I would say more often than not, my sister has a like a small farm. And when I say farm, I mean she has some land of her own and just has animals and just harvests her own food from those doesn't like sell it, but she'll give me eggs every once in a while. So I typically have those, but if I have to buy eggs, 
I'm going to be honest with you. I'm buying absolute bargain basement, bottom of the barrel eggs. Cheapest, cheapest of the cheap. That's what I do every right. single time. Why right. would you buy premium yeah. eggs? I, I could not tell you the difference between the good eggs and the bad eggs. No, dude, you can. They mm. taste way better. But if I'm throwing it in a cocktail, which is 95% of what I use eggs for. You don't, have like, really you don't do like bacon and eggs in the morning or anything like that? See, I love bacon and eggs. Mm-hmm. But it takes too long. I'm the kind of guy mm. where I, I wake up and I'm like, let's go. I've got a bunch yeah. of stuff to do. And so I usually do oatmeal. I use the little the instant boiler electric kettle thing. Makes yeah. oatmeal. A little protein okay. powder, a okay. little peanut butter in there. Piece I of usually, fruit and I go. I usually just don't even eat breakfast. I usually My first meal of the day is usually lunch. That's, a, that's how much of a rush I'm in all the time. If you were a real influencer, Zach, mm-hmm. you would say that you're a huge partaker of uh, intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah, you of could course. Be a fitness influencer. That's right. I would probably need to lose a few pounds before anybody would buy me as a legitimate fitness influencer. But no, no, trust me, you it doesn't matter what you look like. As long as you put that's true at the end of your little that's profile true. thing, you're good. I, I mean, if anybody calls me out on it, I can accuse them of body shaming me and go into a whole body positivity rant. You're good. Yeah. You got bulletproof. Uncovered. <laughs> bad woodworker on uh, on the internet. You just say, I, I intentionally made that mistake so I could show you how to correct it. Yeah. People have accused me of that on multiple occasions. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I get it all the time. Like not on like normal posts, but anytime I have like something go like kind of viral or whatever and it yeah. starts getting pumped out there to more people like oh this guy screwed up on purpose so that he could show how to fix it and it's like <laughs> like no no don't worry i'm capable of making my own mistakes yeah you ever made your own content that's a huge waste of time yeah <laughs> i mean like yeah. hell i could barely get my stuff out quick enough trying to do it right let alone excuse me intentionally making errors yeah i love watching like people come up with these like big grand conspiracy theories about you sometimes. And it's about just like, me? just, well, I'm sure you must get it. Like, do you ever get like these big comments that are like five paragraphs long and they're making all these like weird, crazy assumptions about you. And you're like, dude, if you only knew <laughs> if you, like, oh, they have like, uh, this one guy was going on and off, going off about like, how I planned all this stuff just to make content. And I was like, no, it was just me sitting at my computer, like trying to think like, how can I piece together all this footage I have? It's like, it's not me with starting with some grand conspiracy about how I'm going to screw up intentionally to create the perfect piece of clickbait content. (laughs) Especially like, I, I don't think people realize this if it's on like Instagram or whatever short form, if you're making some sort of, uh what am i trying to say you're making some like elaborate project or whatever both of us our goal is not to make some 40 second instagram thing we're making a project in like a whole youtube video and then we happen to just cut up some bs uh like reels out of it like you really think i'm gonna build an entire dining room table just to make a 30 second instagram reel Yeah. yeah yeah exactly you're crazy. Ah, people are funny. So I was listening to 
I, I should say I was I had the misfortune <laughs> of listening to one of the worst podcasts in the woodworking space. Um, we all know what podcast that is. Yeah, don't even say it. Don't. It, even. I have to wash my mouth out with soap if I say it. But they were talking about how much they enjoyed our segment on uh, wedge salads. Oh yeah, okay. So I wanted, you know, I just wanted. To, you know, bring it up a little bit. If you're not getting a wedge salad, what would you say one of your favorite salads is to get for a meal? Are you like a Cesar salad? What yeah, I usually about? go the full Cesar. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my that's my go to salad. I'll 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 mess around with like a Greek salad sometimes. Bunch of feta and olives in there. I'm um, not an olive guy though. Oh, you don't like olives? That's too no, bad. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. But I just made my list. So I was I went to a wedding this weekend, and I this early in the show, but I want to air a grievance, and it's about salads. Okay, I hate when I'm forced to like eat or force forcibly served a salad. Oh, like you're talking because it's wedding, so you're talking like a it's a three course meal or a four course meal, right? And they drop that salad in front of you. I don't want the salad. Yeah, salads are so hit and miss. Like some of them are yummy, but most of the time it's just like I'm just I don't working my way through it, slogging my way through it. Right. And salad to me, salads are very personable. Yes. Like the the lettuce to dressing ratio mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. wildly off. Okay, hold on. You're a healthy guy, so I think we might be polar opposites on this. Okay. Because my ideal salad is like 10% lettuce and 90% dressing. Ah, that's gross. It's not (laughs) even the health aspect. It's the, like, it's just, it's a weird texture thing. Like, if I got croutons and whatnot on that Mm -hmm. salad, those those croutons are going to be soggy as hell. Well, you need to make sure that you separate the croutons until, like, the moment before the salad goes live. Yeah, because you're otherwise true. you're right. You're just eating soggy bread. Right, right. Hmm. I just yeah, I, I, go light on the dressing for me. Like this thing was swimming and 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 Caesar dressing, whatever the hell that is. Um, so okay, so well that w- that kind of sounds like my ideal salad. But here's a solution to this. You know, okay. when you RSVP a wedding, they usually say, you know, do you want the beef dinner? Do you want the fish dinner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about just like a little toggle at the end of the salad that says light dressing, medium dressing, heavy dressing. Oh, come on. They're never going to get that. (laughs) Well, they can do the fish versus the beef. So why not? But uh, half the time they messed that up. Uh, That's true. That's true. And everyone at our table got the steak Mm -hmm. and every single person's steak was cooked wildly different. Like, Oh, some of them were well done. Some of them were like very rare, like practically still mooing and others (laughs) were like right in the middle. I'm like, I would have been pissed if I got one. Yeah. That wasn't how I wanted it. Yeah. How was yours? Uh, mine, mine was like a medium rare. Mine was perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. And then at least they got the most important person. Oh, right. pasta salad. Yeah. Not, not really a salad, I would argue, but um, what's that other one? What's a ambrosia salad? Isn't that like just candy? Isn't that a kind of wood? 
Uh, I think ambrosia might be a type of wood. Yeah. What's ambrosia? Okay. So ambrosia salad is a creamy fruit salad with pineapple, mandarin or- oranges, coconut, mm-hmm. and miniature marshmallows. We got dangerously close to talking about woodworking. Yeah, no, screw that. I course corrected. Thank you. <laughs> this is an ambrosia salad. I've uh-huh. never heard of that. It's pretty gross. I've had it before. I think it's. I guess it's a dessert. That looks repulsive. Thing. Yeah, it's. It's not great. It's not that great. looks like something that someone's aunt would bring to like a cookout. Exactly. Like, oh come on, Aunt Debbie. Nobody wants this crap. <laughs> She's like, ever all my coworkers love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you, do you ever do you have like an aunt or like somebody in your family that like always brings this nasty stuff? Uh, I, I that that's basically my whole family. Really? So tell me something that's gross that they brought. Oh, okay. I think you're calling me out on like a specific example. Um. Oh man, I can't think of anything great off. I've just like. You know, family gatherings, sometimes you get like excited for them and you're like, oh, the food is really is going to be really good. One side of my family, it's like if they're all getting together, there's going to be good food. But the other side of my family, it's like this is I'm not looking forward to this at all. It's going to be disappointing. Are they just poor cooks or are they like yes. the people? It's nothing like crazy over the top bad. It's just bad quality across the board. Like, are they the people who cook it? Or the people that like go pick up some pre-made stuff from the grocery store, and you're like, "This is crap." I don't it's a it. lot of pre-made. Like, I'm mm. gonna get the potato salad from the grocery store. That's uh. yeah, that's on discount. <laughs> See, I totally get if you get invited to some sort of family friend work gathering, and you're like, "I really don't want to cook anything." That's fine. Yeah. What you need to do is you need to bring something of quality that people actually want so like exactly i i really i'm like a main course kind of guy okay i don't really do a bunch of sides Mm -hmm. so like if somebody invites me over for a dinner party i'm always like i'll make dinner like i don't mind like i'll make a lasagna or like something like that yeah but they're like oh no could you like you know just like bring something small i don't really do like appetizers or whatever so i always err on the side of why don't I just bring uh bring drinks? Like I'll yeah. bring wine or bring like cocktails or something. Now yep. it's gonna be more expensive. Like I'm definitely putting more money into it, but I'm but you're putting saving less... your time. Right. <laughs> right. And so I'm okay with that. I'm mm-hmm. okay with picking up four or five bottles of wine if we're having like, yeah. you know, 15 people or something like that. Sure, I spent 40, 50 bucks, but it's like I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. My uh, on Sunday, my buddy was like, "Hey, you want to come over for a barbecue?" And uh, I, he was so I said, "Sure," obviously. And he was like, "Okay." And then I asked him, "What can I bring?" And he was like, "Ah, bring some dessert." So went to the grocery store, just got a big, like the like the nice ice cream bars, and then I right. went to the brewery around the corner and got a bunch of beers, and then Perfect. brought it over. Yeah, everybody's happy. What's even worse than people bringing crappy stuff to like a get together is there's always that one guy in the friend group that never brings a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's always somebody who's like, Hey, we're all going to get together. And somebody's like, I'll bring this, I'll bring this, I'll bring this. And then this person doesn't respond or is like, 
Well, it seems like you guys got it all. Oh, oh, I hate that. Yeah, it seems like it's under control. It's like the <laughs> I hate those people so much. <laughs> At the very least, say something like, "Hey, it seems like you guys have got it." Um, if there if there's nothing else that you need me to bring, let me at least send you guys a couple bucks. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I I personally I would not accept the money because I just feel like well, no. Know, What's somebody going to send like $5, $10? Yeah, it's all right. right. Or especially money. if it's split amongst multiple people, be like, oh, send me $3.72. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Get on the Splitwise app and figure that right. shit out. Oh, it's explicit. Oh, we lost it already. What's Splitwise? You never use Splitwise? No. Splitwise is this app that you can use for like splitting expenses. So what I do a lot of the time with my friends is like, if we're going away for like a weekend, like say you're going away somewhere with another couple. Sure. One person is just a designated pay person. They pay for everything. Right. And they log all the receipts in the Splitwise app. And then oh. at the end of it, it tells you, it's like, okay, you know, Eric has to send me $75 and then Miranda has to send me $75 and Sophie has to send me $75. And uh-huh. I just, but it's, it's, and if, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Derek's pulling it up there, but, um, it's smart too. like if, say, you pay for some things, I pay for some things, it'll like figure out what the balance is and it'll net out your payment against like my payment. And so oh. it can it'll even like reduce it so that if you have like six people who all have to send each other money, it'll say, OK, how here's how we can net this out with the least possible transactions and make everybody. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. So it's actually kind of handy. Is it free? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, the premium version or whatever, but I've used the free one forever. It's been fine. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I'll have to check that out. Because, yeah, yeah, you get that issue where, like, if you go to Venmo, it's either every single time you pay for something, it's like, I got to Venmo this person, Venmo this person, Venmo yes. that person. Yeah. Or if, like, well, they paid $32 here and it was, but I paid 40 Oh, uh, wait, what's the balance? Exactly. And it's and then you can do stuff like, oh, you know, like so and so wasn't there the first night, so they don't have to pay for the Airbnb the first night and blah 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 blah. It's handy. It works well. It's complicated. It's well, complicated. Honestly, real fast. For me, unless it's something like big, I, I just I got on point I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's like, oh, like hey, come on over, like I got I got pizza. And somebody's like, I got beers. You're like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. be like, well, I, you know, actually <laughs> the pizza, pizza was twenty three fifty and those beers were only sixteen seventy. So uh, I think you owe me about two dollars there. Right. Like I don't care. Yeah. But if I, you're sure, if it were like an Airbnb where you're like, oh, I paid nine hundred dollars for the weekend. Yeah. Then like, it's like, okay, well, okay, yeah. sure. We should probably figure this out. I used if to have this joke like with my $10. buddy uh, that we had joint finances and we were just kind of like, we, we would be like, hey, you pay this week. I pay the week. It's it all comes out in the wash. When when I was in college, I would always like leave money in my Venmo balance. Yeah. And smart. it was all it always felt like I was playing with the house's money. I'm just. Like, yes. A hundred percent. Throw a couple dollars here. Throw a couple dollars there. Yeah. It was a free yeah. night. <laughs> Here in Canada, we don't have Venmo. Fun fact. But do you have uh, like uh, like Zelle or nope. Cash App or like nope. any of those ones? PayPal. No, I don't have any of that. The only thing we have here is PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. Huh. 
is it like a like a currency issue like they don't allow it or like I don't know to be honest one? with you I'm not sure why it is I guess it's probably got something to do I if I had to guess it's just because Canada is such a small market they don't want to invest the time to jump through all the regulatory hoops uh, to make it work but I don't know so the PayPal thing I was mean to ask you about this because when I when I like after workbench come when we had the bonus money and whatnot Mm-hmm. Left over from from patrons sending us to pay WorkbenchCon, which by the way, guys, we really appreciate that. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, I it like wouldn't let me send it as like a friend thing oh. because you're international. Oh, huh. so it charged you like what, like the I don't know, like seven dollars or it was a trivial amount didn't even matter but i was like yeah as a canadian i'm used to just getting screwed over on every financial transaction like anytime i get paid by a sponsor it's there's always like 50 bucks that comes off the top for some bank transfer free or something like that and right. you're like really okay whatever or uh do you probably get it too like when you buy stuff do you ever get like hit with like an international fee or yeah, whatever yeah yeah all sorts of crazy. Usually that stuff comes with shipping and brokerage and when it's crossing the border. But sometimes you just be shopping on a website and they'll have some, I don't know, international fee or whatever. You're like, okay, I guess I just have to swallow this. But so like I just redid my Epidemic Sound subscription or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the the music thing. So Zach and I both use um, Shocker when you're on YouTube. You can't just like put the latest Taylor Swift song on your video and expect to like monetize it and make you know, a boatload of money. Uh, You can't do that. So you have to get copyright free music. So most people use, I think epidemic sounds probably the biggest one, right? Yeah. There's a couple other ones. Beat suite. Um, I think motion array has music. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Would it, I think I pay like $300 a year for it or something like that because I have my second channel too. So I wanted to make sure that didn't get flagged for music. Oh, so I had to get like the bigger, the, the better. Yeah. The, like next yeah, level like up. The, the next level or whatever. But yeah. So like, I think they're based out of like Sweden or something like that. Yes. Yeah. And so they hit me with like a seven or $10, um, like international fee or whatever. It's like, what the hell? Like, oh, interesting, huh? Yeah. I pay. Uh, it's funny because I pay monthly for it. I don't pay the yearly one. I probably should pay the yearly one, but um, you save like ten percent, I think. Yeah, it always charges me in USD, which I thought was kind of weird. It's like, why aren't you charging me in euros or whatever they use in Sweden? Huh? Yeah. They just kind of assumed it was USD because you're in North America, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Interesting. Interesting. Well, I, I this is completely on a tangent, but I had a random question. Okay. I got thinking about like I, I was doing some sanding. So like you ever start pondering random things this, while you're so no completely. Right. And then you burn through the veneer on plywood and you're like, eh, this is gonna be on the bottom now. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it got me, got me thinking. I know you're wrapping up that house, mm-hmm. and I want to hear how that's going. But okay. my question was, as woodworkers, people get so jazzed about certain tools or, like, new things that come out and stuff. In the trades, do people really care that much about tools? 
No, I don't think so. I think, okay. I mean, this is my perception as like, maybe it's just the guys I'm hanging out with or something like that, but very few people care about tools in any way or like, and not even like nobody even really cares about tool loyalty that much. Like I'll okay. see guys with, you know, a million different brands of tools. They got a Ryobi this drill. They got a uh, Makita reciprocating saw. But it doesn't. Yeah, it's like there's not nearly as much time is spent on researching the best way to do things. It's much more like if you know how to do something, you just keep doing it that way. OK. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, maybe maybe to a lot of people's detriment in the trades, but it's, <laughs> you know, like I, I often like show some of the older guys I work with, like some of the new tools I have and like techniques and stuff like that. They're like, nah, not interested. Like I have a way that works and I, uh, sure. yeah, I just do it how I do it. <laughs> so like when it comes to something like I'm trying to think like a drill, okay, you can't really like get anything too wild about a drill, but like. So most guys are they just like, yeah, I just have this brand because like that's the batteries I bought and like most guys are on the same brand, some brand because they went to Home Depot one day and there was a sale on that particular tool and like okay. that I guess that's how I this is that's my new tool brand now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It'd probably be the equivalent of like me not being a huge car guy, like picking out tires yeah. for my car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, I don't. Is there a better tire? Probably, but like, I don't care. Michelin's were on sale that day, so now I'm a Michelin man. Right. So, is it like literally like that same kind of feeling? It's like, I think so. It's, I mean, and this is, it's funny because I only really work with a small subset of people. Like, I've been working with, you know, the same roster of subcontractors for like the last 10 years or something like that. So I don't have a huge, like wide variety of other people in the trades that I know. Um, but yeah, based on my limited sample set, that's kind of the case. I did have my electrician come up to me yesterday. He's like, Oh, I see you got the new, uh, DeWalt atomic drill. How do you like that? Okay. But that was literally the first time he's ever like noticed a tool or mentioned a tool or anything like that. So that was kind of like a rare one-off exception. So there's like, it's not like hanging around the water cooler at the no. job site and people are like, you see this new Makita drill that's coming out? People, yeah. No. Man, I got to fucking sell my drill. I got to buy this one. Like no one cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So would you say all of like the big marketing efforts when they have these huge marketing pushes for new tools? Yeah, that's a good point. Genuinely, who do you think those are aimed towards? Oh man, that's a great question. Now that I think about it, I don't know. I guess, yeah. Hobbyists and homeowners more than anything. I mean, maybe it's different. Like, so if you were working in say like high rise construction or something like that, where you have, you know, 50, 60 guys all working on the same site, doing the same types of things. Maybe they talk about tools a lot more then because I'm in residential construction where it's like a lot of owner operators and a lot of smaller crews. So maybe it's a different dynamic, but yeah, it's interesting. Like I think um, a lot of the marketing dollars towards contractors and stuff like that are spent. You ever go to Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that? And there'll be a big Milwaukee um, like tent out front and they yeah, have yeah. like all the tools laid out where you can like try them out. And then there's like a sales rep there to talk to you about it. 
Yeah. I, I think that's probably the most successful get for contractors and people working in the trades. Right. Because you actually get to put the tool in their hand and there's always some promo that they're doing at the same time. But really, I think the in-store sales are probably the number one thing that moves tools with people in the trades. Based yeah, on ev- at the everybody end of the day, you're just to. trying to fire things together, finish projects. And you're like, yeah. damn, my drill died. Uh, oh, that was a good deal. And there's no talk, like nobody knows stats. Nobody's like, oh, this impact driver has 420 inch pounds and this one has 500 inch pounds. It's like, nah, that one came with a free battery, so I went for it. Yeah, I mean, think of it the way that you started. The first time that you went and got your first set of tools. Yeah. How did you approach it? Just what was on sale? Yeah, just what was on sale. Like, I I was like, you know, I had my preconceived notion. So I was like, I won't get Ryobi. I won't get this. But yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. I When I first started in construction, I had a bunch of DeWalt tools. Then for a little while... It's funny because, yeah, this is exactly what happened to me. One of these in-store ads, they had a Bosch person there. They had the new line of Bosch uh, impact drivers and drills and a couple other tools. And they had all these stats on the wall about, like, how great they were. So I was like, okay, I'll try a set of these. Turns out they sucked. (laughs) And uh, I ended up switching back. But, yeah, that's how that's what momentarily got me to switch to Bosch. And then I went back to DeWalt. Or uh, maybe it's just me because I don't go to Lowe's. Or are Bosch tools only at Lowe's Ooh, in the good US? Question. Let's see. Because like I, I never see Bosch tools. I think you can get them at Home Depot, but let me see. Bosch. Uh, yeah, you can get them at Home Depot, or at least Home Depot Canada. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just like I have a the Bosch whatever two horsepower plunge router thingy that's oh yeah great. That's, a, that's a good little router i used great. to have a little bosch trim router that i really liked too is that the one that looks like a like a gun that you hold it no i haven't seen that oh it's I, that might be their cordless one it looks like super ergonomical oh i kind of dig that do you see it no i'm looking through all their st- oh yeah uh i don't know maybe gun isn't the best way but it seems very like ergonomic like handheld kind of like a one-handed kind of trim yeah i'm looking at it i'm looking it's a 12 volt tool which is kind of interesting i think it's just for like very small edge work huh yeah huh but i i don't know maybe bosch tools just aren't super readily available in my area but true i don't know trying to find tools at a home center let's be honest it's it's a it's awful yeah yeah it's funny like that's where I got most of my tools for so long. I really only started like shopping at these specialty tool stores once I started getting into woodworking. Right. Yeah. So to summarize, tradespeople don't give a damn about the tools. No. As long as they work. As long as they work. As long as they get the job done. Woodworkers yeah. just care way too much. They do seem to be, yeah, oddly obsessed with their tools and the status of their tools. It's weird to treat a tool like a status symbol. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to be brand loyal. I, I I really don't understand brand loyalty to a large degree. Like even guys who are like, I only drive Chevy trucks and you know, Ford trucks suck or Rams suck. Sure. It's, it's like, I don't know. Did they, it's the, the, the F one fifty is the best selling vehicle on the road. Does it? Re- can you really say that it sucks compared to the Chevy? It's like, 
yeah, maybe the Chevy's a little bit better for you or the Ram is a little bit better for you, but none of them suck. They're all really good. If they sucked, they'd go out of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're all yeah. extremely competitive with one another. And same thing with the tools. Like if you any know, of them really sucked that bad, they wouldn't be for they wouldn't still be around. No, you're one hundred percent right. And what while you're saying that it got me thinking. Do you think there's a correlation to the amount, like level of expertise, amount that somebody uses the tools and their like the amount that they care? So what I hear so hear me out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Someone in the trades that is using, you know, a skill saw impact driver drill all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It seems like as long as they've got something that works and is trustworthy, they don't really care about researching the newest, latest, greatest stats on whatever thing is coming out. Yeah. It's somebody who's just got into woodworking and all they want to do is like, oh, this tool will make me better. This tool will do this. This tool will do that. Do you think those people are disproportionately interested in like stats and stuff of tools than people who actually use them. <laughs> I think so. I mean, so uh, when I was at that fest tool event uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, one thing that I noticed there was that like, no, n- hardly anybody there was in the trades. This, they were people who did like, you know, crafting of you know, woodworking of some type, but I, I kind of looked around the room. And I was like, everybody here is kind of like a tool enthusiast. Ah. And there's like a certain class of person. That's like, they're just really into and the same way. I'm into cars. Like I, you know, I, most cars on the road, I can point to it. And within like, you know, 20, 30 horsepower, I can tell you how much it has. Right. Okay. Uh, so I think there are guys like that, but for tools. And I don't know oh. if it's necessarily correlated with, how much they use it. Although it definitely there, there is something there, but there's, uh, I think there's also just a lot of people in the trades who are like, I use these things to get my job done. I'm not a tool enthusiast. I, as long as it works, it works. But yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, it's it's like you're that, not a professional driver. Yeah. You don't drive. Exactly. For a living, but you're, you're interested by cars. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people are interested in tools in the same way. There's nerds in every group. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. Derek, you're 100 yeah. right. There's yeah, 100 percent the, nerds in every group. For for the people just listening at home, that's uh, producer Derek. There, <laughs> we're trying out some new stuff. Just yeah. you know, trying to keep the podcast fresh. We're what 66 episodes in, and know. we don't want just to turn this into an absolute shit show like the Green Suitors podcast. Exactly. So, Technically, yeah. we should be retired at this point. We're. Hmm. <laughs> I know we're working into our golden years, Eric. Hey, this is what's this like an encore career or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Once we get to episode 100, though, we can just hang it up and move on with our lives. Agreed. Agreed. That's all you have to do. I mean, yeah. how many podcasts really get to ep- 100 episodes? Very few. Evidently. Most don't even make it past three. I think we talked about that in some of the early episodes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I still can't believe that the Green Suitors podcast made it past three episodes because I how many are they up to now? I gotta look this up. Too many. Whatever number it is, it's too many. And poor, you got Brian Sedgley over there and Ronnie Fulton. They're just getting dragged in the mud behind Jason Bent's coattails. Like, 
Oh, I'm on their Four website guys. right now, and I can't even see how many. Uh, I can't even see how many episodes they have. Although I guess I shouldn't talk because I haven't updated our website in a long ass time. I think our epi- our website has the first three episodes on it, and then nothing else. Can you add like an RSS feed to the website so like it automatically like shows the latest episode or whatever? Because for everybody at home, the only reason we have an actual website for our podcast is because Zach <laughs> needed to do an ad read for yeah. YouTube. Squarespace was like, uh, do you want to set up a Squarespace website for this ad? I was like, oh, yeah, I could do one for my podcast, I guess. And so I did, but I never really had the the gumption to actually get up there and keep it updated. But no one cares. I mean, nobody cares. Like nobody cares. Once, like a podcast that you listen to, have you ever gone to their website? No. Never right. once. Never once. For so me, great. their website is their page on Spotify. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So green suitors have 87 episodes oh. and they have a 4.9 star average rating. Okay, so I have, I have their iTunes listings pulled up next year's. Oh, really? Okay, hold on. They rankings. <laughs> what does that mean? On iTunes, where you rank? Are we better than them? You're at 48. They're at 113. Hot damn! This is all category. we need to know. <laughs> Absolutely slaughtered them. <laughs> and so, whenever you hear. Jason starts out that awful podcast. He's like, this is the world's best woodworking podcast. Not only is it not true, it is statistically false because their show sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you keep lying to your audience, that's what keeps you in the triple digits on the scoreboard there. Yeah. They have one... They have one one-star review, and it says, get rid of Hans. The Hans fake character is quite dumb. Please stop using him. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go just leave horrible reviews and be like, if you want to listen to a real podcast, go to patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> it's, it's good over there. I want to see if we have any one-star reviews. This is what's really got my interest now. I have I have, I used to look at the reviews because like I thought there was we had that one just ridiculous review that was funny about like somebody having like intestinal distress and was like mm-hmm. said the podcast saved their life or something like that while they're while they're defecating uncontrollably. We have no one star reviews. We only have five star reviews. What would you expect? I know, I know. It's tough being this good. But you know what else we have that's good? Patrons, we got patrons who want to support this five star podcast because they don't want to support the Green Suitors podcast. (laughs) So new this week, we've got a rigid fan, which I don't know what's worse, rigid or the Green Suitors podcast. That one's still up for debate. Um, But Scott Davidson is joining us supporting the podcast. We appreciate you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. We've also, of course, got a returning top-tier patrons, Dadu, Luke Schmidt, Derek Jennings of Pecantry Design, who is uh, joining us as our as our producer. co-host, producer, uh, trying to help us out with some stuff. He's also the guy that uh, edits those clips for us, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. try to promote the podcast anymore. So, Derek, we appreciate it. Thank you. Um, we've got Corey Duvall, 
Uh, Jason Price at Priceless Pro Designs. It's a lot of peas there. Feel I good thing I had the pop yeah. filter because this this is what it sounds like if I get rid of it. Uh, Jason Price at Priceless Pro Designs. <laughs> See, that's why you got to have this little thing. I'll say it again. This is with the pop filter. Jason Price at Priceless Pro Designs. Big difference. It's, it makes a difference, right? Makes a difference. Um, and of course, uh, Scott Eastman at Eastie's Woodshop. Mm-hmm. And the Powercocker, formerly known as Wes. And if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel yet. Killing it. Uh, Willard Furniture. Is mm-hmm. that, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Check him out. We just, last week, uh, part of uh, certain pa- Patreon tiers is... Uh, do chats with video calls with us. We can help you just chat about whatever you want. Um, we were talking to him about some YouTube strategies last week. Um, but if you want to support the podcast so that you don't have to support uh, the Green Series podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash off the cut podcast. And uh, I'm getting thirsty, Zach. Tell them what we got over there. At Off the Cut Podcast, not only do you get access to the after show, which is basically another second podcast that we do every week, you also get access to the Discord server where we chat, we share our projects, we're talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. There's a nice little community happening over there. You get perks like stickers, t-shirts, depending on what tier you're on. You get calls like Eric was saying earlier. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, and you get uh, priority questions that we'll answer usually during the after show these days. We usually do our questions in the after show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It seems it's a lot more manageable to consolidate everything in there. And we don't have to worry about, like, if we've got a really good question, just we can spend as much time on as we want. True. Um, yeah. But we got a bunch of cool stuff. And truly, that is 100% the only way that you're able to support the show. We intentionally mm-hmm. skip all ads. I get I get emails all the time for like trying to do those like random pop up thirty second ads during these podcasts, and no. we always say no to them. They're annoying. No, thank you. We um, don't want to do that to you guys. Here's a question for the people at home: If you're listening to this on a service like Spotify, do you get ads like just like randomly cut in there? They do. If we sign up for that horrible paying ad. Okay. But as long as we talked about that, we declined it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I'm wondering, because YouTube's kind of shifty like that sometimes too, though, right? Like if you don't monetize your video, sometimes they will still show ads against your video. They just don't pay you for it. I've never seen Spotify do that. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. However, it might be different if you have like the free Spotify thing. Oh, Interesting. Because there I is do a have, free tier of Spotify. Yeah, there is. That's the one that I use. Huh. Because so you have the, you use like the Google Music or whatever it is, right? Yeah, YouTube Music. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, so we usually say this at the end. But if you don't want to join us on Patreon, no pressure. Fair the enough. best thing you can do to support the podcast, and I know we say it all the time, but it's the truth. Tell other people about it. Send it to your friends, something like that. Just get the word out. Yeah. A lot of people have shared it on their social media feeds. Be really nice. I really I always appreciate that when I see it. So oh, yeah. it's an option too. Oh yeah, 100 percent So that's the best thing you can do to support the show. Send it to other people. Let people know it's out there because there isn't it's not like YouTube where somebody just opens up YouTube yeah. and they're like, Oh, I found Zach Builds. What's this guy doing? It's, it's no podcasting algorithm. 
Actually, when you open Spotify, sometimes it like recommends oh, some okay, podcast, but usually it's just a bunch of crap that I would never listen to. Like the Green Series Man, podcast. Starting a new podcast is a big commitment. I I still like I try maybe one new podcast a year at the most. Maybe. Maybe. That's a big maybe. So and, but I think I we, we've got some heavy hitting episodes from the get go. True. True. Like we had, I think like episode four or five is the one with uh, John Cesaro when we were, he gave the whole, we basically gave our entire experience with the psychopath who runs Odie's oil. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good episode. Basically anybody in content creation has had a, uh, had a run in with him. Even yeah. people who do like, you know, real estate videos or whatever, he still fights with them. Does he really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I was like, that way. it wouldn't surprise me. It I know, honestly. Me. Oh, oh, that's funny. But uh, so I would get back to your house. Mm -hmm. Not what your would you like house, to know? But the, the one that you're working on. Yeah. How How's that going? I, I saw you got some photos. She looks like you're buttoned up pretty well. Yeah. So today was our last day inside the house. Or I mean, hypothetically, we'll see. So the client moved back in today, which is a big day. We pulled all our tools. We, you know, pulled all the floor coverings off of there, got everything out of there. Um, we still have a little bit of stuff to do left on the outside. There's some like exterior painting and a little bit of cladding that needs to go in. Uh -huh. uh, so probably next week I'll go back for like four or five days and button up that stuff. And then it's just, you know, if the client, there's always this thing. It's like when you finish a house, you can keep working on it basically forever. Yeah. You know, you have a million square miles of white wall. Oh, yeah. The, Derek's got my uh, my stories up there. Um, and, you know, if you want to get really technical, there's little dents and dings everywhere up on the ceiling and stuff like that stuff. Nobody in their right mind would ever notice. But, you know, sometimes the clients do notice and sometimes they ask you to come back and correct all these things. So it'll be interesting to see. Usually we finish a house client lives in it for a couple weeks and then we get this list of like little things they would like us to come back and do. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're, we're basically done. I mean, it, it's yeah, not done, so, done, but basically done. So like, let's say I have you do my, you know, like renovate my house, whatever I, mm -hmm. I'm your client mm -hmm. and I come Ugh. in and like, <laughs> you would not want me as a client. <laughs> yeah. I feel like woodworkers would be the worst clients to have. I don't know, man. Architects are pretty bad. I've been working almost exclusively for architects for the last few years. It's been pretty rough. But so like if say there's like a pinhole in the drywall or like, mm -hmm. you know, somebody nudged a corner into the drywall. There's a little little yeah. right there or something. The people will really call you back and be like, hey, you need to fix this. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like and a lot of the time on our part, it's not even malicious because it's like, you know, we just painted this entire house white. So it's like you don't necessarily see all these little things. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, sometimes they'll be like, and it, dude, it's, it's also tough. Cause it's like, did we do it or did the movers do it or did the people do it on right. their first week of moving in? So it's, there's a little bit of a give and take, but yeah, people call back for stuff like that. So at what extent would you charge them additional money for things like that? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Honestly, like, 
the, the, this client has been so involved at every step of the process because he's an architect. So he's basically designed his own house. Not uh, a marine biologist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's there every week. So if there's something that needs to be done, like he, he's going to pay for it essentially because okay. like the time to, you know, if, if you notice something like that, that, that hasn't been done, the time to say it was like two, three weeks ago or, you know, whatever, like, sure. Yeah. So within within reason, it's I don't know, it's kind of a little bit of a give and take because at the end of the day, you want your clients to have a good experience, too. Right. So if there's something that's defective that was done wrong, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll come back and fix that um, out of our own pocket. But if it's something that's just like, oh, you know what? I decided, you know, I said there was not going to be any trim here, but I've decided I want trim here. It's like, okay, well, then you're going to pay for that. Okay, that's so, fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. So it's uh we we try and you know, it's it is me at the end of the day. So I try and keep the craftsmanship pretty tight and try not to have any loose ends or anything like that. I think it you probably get a feeling maybe when you're interviewing, weeding out clients, oh, whether sure. or not somebody is just gonna try to take advantage of you. Though. Yes, hundred percent. hundred and you know, it's a long term relationship, right? Like we've been working on these people's house for right. the last nine months. So we kind of get a sense, you know, if they're gonna try and screw you over or anything like that. And they've been straight shooters the whole way through. So I'm not too worried about that. Right. But if I'm sure if you have a, a family that every two weeks they're like, oh you messed this up, you need to fix this. Yeah. And then it's just like a series of consistent, like, I don't think this was us who messed it up. That's the thing. Like a lot of the time you hear about these horror stories of like, Oh, it's like, Oh, the contractor walked away in the middle of the the job and just like stopped returning our calls. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if this is like, these are people that I would want to work for. I've had that happen. Like, People have come to me and said, hey, I was like in the middle of a renovation and the contractor just disappeared and stopped returning my calls. Would you like to come finish the job? And I'm always like, oh, no, I don't think so, because there's a there's a pretty good reason they walked away for a reason. We actually had that. We had a pipe um, burst like adjoining the garage wall to my parents uh master bedroom okay so like this guy came, then the, granted this guy was a little little odd right yeah yeah always showed up late was always on the phone like yelling at somebody so it seemed like he was preoccupied with something mm-hmm. cut a massive hole in the side of their garage and then just never showed up again yeah yeah so i mean there is there is <laughs> definitely that like there are some very sketchy contractors out there who will just disappear on you i'm not saying it, it right. never happens but you have to take that into consideration but he yeah. left all of his tools there for like six or eight months oh well those are just your tools then that's exactly my parents kept calling the guy like hey you left your tools here hey you left your tools here and after like six months to a year my dad was like looks like i got myself some new tools yeah that's fair. Were they like, nice tools? It wasn't being malicious, right? What are we talking? It was like a yeah. bunch of Festool stuff? No, no. <laughs> it was. I think it was DeWalt stuff, but I don't oh, know. It was yeah, a okay. long time ago. It was probably NICAD batteries. Right, right, right. <laughs> do you remember those? Oh, I do. They did not work at all. It would take, take a whole day to charge, and like yeah. you put a couple screws in, then you're like, all right, I'm going to get back to this tomorrow, and you come back to it, and the damn thing's dead again. 
I had a NICAD uh, reciprocating saw and you get like halfway through two by four and it would just die. And you're like, I charged us all night for like a second of runtime. It was horrible. Uh, it reminds me of those like, did you ever have or like have a friend that had one of those like, uh, I don't know, it's they're made for children like those the electric cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a little RC car. You, sure. Um, but like you, like the kid rides on it. Oh, like a power wheels. Yeah. Power wheels. Thank you. I was joking that I want to buy one of those for my friend's kid. Oh, dude. Have you seen them now? Yeah, they I have. Got, they, they have like working doors and radios and yeah. like Bluetooth on them. And stuff. well, that's the thing. They have their own little stereos that you can hook Bluetooth up to. I thought oh it was so gosh. cool. Imagine if you had like a backyard barbecue and you could just have like your kid run around the around the yard just like bumping tunes and stuff yeah that, it was 100 percent a troll play on my part i was like i'm gonna get my friend's daughter this big like f-150 power wheels thing oh, <laughs> just so she can drive it around and be like a complete nightmare for him i can't wait till my friends have kids and yeah. i'm gonna be the guy who intentionally buys the most obnoxious loudest <laughs> toys ever so like it would yes. just be like the ones like and like all these horrible noises i remember my dad bought my cousin a remote control helicopter and it was just to screw with his sister <laughs> he's like he's like your aunt is gonna hate this because <laughs> wait are, do you remember the the remote control helicopter guys that would always be at the mall kiosks Oh would, yeah, would fly around inside. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's so funny to think about because, like, now anybody, like, if you fly a drone within a mile of a person, they start having an aneurysm and freaking out. Do and, they really? Oh yeah, people get so mad at drones now because they think they're like spying on them or whatever. Oh. Um, probably likely they are, so that's fair. But uh, yeah, just the imagine like in the nineties, just these guys just flying around their cheap remote control helicopters in the mall above people's heads and stuff. Oh, nobody had an issue with it. It's funny. Yeah. So were the, were they remote controlled for some reason? I thought they were on like one of those like rip pull strings. Oh, one of those. Do you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about that? You like, you know, yeah. plastic string and you'd rip it. I do maybe remember like those. fly away and then like somehow come back back or something yeah i think it was on a string and it would like wind itself back in or something i don't know but those things were nuts i yeah. would love to get my hands on one of those now 90s toys were awesome they just don't make them you ever play lawn darts with real darts no i never have but i i'm aware of the premise it's like the most <laughs> dangerous game on earth right it's like throwing a chisel up in the air and being yeah. like just don't get hit by it <laughs> <laughs> what is the game with lawn darts like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get it on a bullseye? Yeah, you put, like, some rings on the lawn, okay. and you, okay. you tomahawk these big darts up in the air, and then you try to get them to land. Think of, uh, like, skee-ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's skee-ball, but you're throwing a little dart um, up in the air and across the... It's uh, like skee-ball, but with consequences. Yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite lawn game? And God, God damn it, do not say cornhole. No, you know what drives me nuts is there's always a huge subset of people that I like to call 
cornhole bros, <laughs> also known as douchebags. Uh-huh. Um, that they're like, you want to play bags? It's like, oh, you can't God. come up with a slang name for cornhole. It makes me want to punch you in the face. Yeah, no kidding. Like, like, is cornhole a good game? Sure it is. But you, what am I trying to say? Cornhole is like people who love Milwaukee tools. There's <laughs> always a group of people that are just obsessed with cornhole and they're yeah. the biggest asshole about it. Yeah. I have noticed like on Instagram, especially there's like a subset of guys who just make cornhole boards. It sounds miserable. Yeah, it does sound like there's, there's just no room for variation or to like have any fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Derek yeah, Derek's uh, on the on the live stream pulling up this this gif of a cornhole this, bro. That kind of looks like never mind. <laughs> 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 looks like someone I know that pays me money. <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> Maybe I'll save it for the after show. Yeah, save save that for the after show. Um so anyway, yeah, sorry. To, to to reiterate my question, what is your favorite lawn game? To be honest with you, I I know this is stupid, but I really like croquet. Oh, that's a classic game. Yeah, it that's like furious. Does it? Oh yeah, like if you knock their ball out of the way, it's just about to go through the little hoop. They get pissed, man. Okay, okay, I like that. I like croquet that. It's a good game. Yeah. Bags. I like bags. bags. My favorite game. <laughs> I like. Um... Oh, what's I don't even know what it's called. It's the get you put a little trampoline between you and your friends and you you smash a ball onto the trampoline and it bounces off the trampoline and the other person has to then catch the ball and then bounce it back on the trampoline. This what's sounds this like called? something children would play. I don't I'm not that athletic. I mean, croquet is a child's game, too. No, no, I feel like croquet croquet seems like something that was like made in like like an area where people wear like powdered wigs and like <laughs> said things like pippity pop and stuff. it seems like a very pretentious game. Yeah, yeah. I was just I had my feelings hurt, so I was lashing out. That's fair. That's fair. So what uh, is this? What's this game called? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what it's called. Uh, okay, game trampoline where you ball. bounce a ball on off a trampoline. Spike uh, ball. What's that? Spike ball. Spike ball. Yeah. Spike ball is the brand, the brand name. Yeah. Good time. Good time. Very athletic. They call it round net. Yeah. That seems to be, uh, I guess round net is the generic name. And then spike ball is the brand name. Wait, wait. Okay. I'm going to disqualify this one. Okay. And the reason I'm doing that, cause I'm also disqualifying bags <laughs> as a, as a valid lawn game is because they both are on ESPN. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Cornhole okay. is on ESPN and Spikeball is on ESPN. They have a like actual like Spikeball league that's insane. On yeah, ESPN Spikeball on ESPN. The Ocho. So, okay, what's how does ESPN work? Like whoever pays the money gets on. But okay, but there's like five ESPNs. Is it like a tiered thing where like ESPN one is the best stuff, and then like by the time you're to ESPN five, it's like watching the paint drying tournament. 
All right, let's let's see if I can find a breakdown of how many different channels of ESPN there are. I know I that they have. Good. Okay, there's ESPN on ABC. Mm-hmm. ESPN two um, was was intentionally made for a broader mix of event coverage, um, including auto racing, college basketball, hockey, BMX, skateboarding, motocross. Then there's ESPN Classic. Oh. And there's also ESPN News, ESPN Deportes, which is that the, is, that's the German one. one. <laughs> um, ESPN U, which is college athletics. Okay. And there's then the there's Longhorn the Network. Longhorn Network, which is Texas Longhorns. You've got to be freaking kidding me. They have an exclusive channel dedicated to them. There's the also Longhorns. The- SEC Network, ACC Network. I thought there was more numbered ESPNs. Yeah, I could have sworn they had an ESPN 8 Ocho. I think that was in a movie. No, 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 it's real. It's on ESPN.com. How to watch ESPN 8 The Ocho. Oh, Oh, yeah, ESPN 8 The Ocho. I think it was made as a joke because they have asinine sports on there okay like this cliff diving spike ball pickleball um belt sander races oh hell yeah that's on at 2 30 a.m finally a Um, sport that i can be excited about rock river stone skipping Mm -hmm. a-u-d-l i don't know what that is e-scooters Excel. <laughs> I love the idea of e-scooters. I mean, I guess it's like whatever. It's just like race cars, but it's there's like there's no athleticism to that. It's just whoever has the beefiest e-scooter. All right. Wiffle ball, axe throwing, chase tag. <laughs> That's funny. Oh I mean, you know what? It, I'm we're I'm laughing at all of these, but you know, it might be kind of fun to watch some like competitive tag. So I want to look this up. Competitive tag salary. Oh, they all do it for the love of the game, Eric. Please. How dare you? They don't Um, let money sully their most precious of sports. A professional tag player can make anywhere between $1,000 and $5,000 per month, depending on skill level and ability to perform in tournaments. This comes out to approximately $12,000 to $60,000 annually. The top Paid professional and tag earns around a hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. Huh. Really chasing that money. Yeah. Ha! I mean, I'm surprised it's that high, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just it seems like at my age, I'm gonna bang my shins on something. Like, do you see this, this uh, tag stuff? You are legitimately too old for professional tag. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Have you seen the Instagram highlights of like the the things where they try to keep like a balloon in the air and stuff like that? Nope. Oh yeah, that's some <laughs> more garbage that's on ESPN eight. Oh, professional tag is like on an obstacle course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like on a jungle. It's like on an adult sized jungle gym. 
Yeah, it's it's not it's they're not messing around. Okay, not okay, messing around. Okay. Hey, have you ever um, done one of those wipeout courses? Are you familiar with the show Wipeout? Oh yeah. Okay. Have you ever done one of those in real life? Um, no, I've done. Um, there's these things like they're giant jungle gyms. They're oh, called like adventure zones or oh, something like that. Yeah, what are those called? Um, it's not adventure zone. They have a word for it. There was a bunch of them here in Toronto. They got really popular for a year, and then right. they all just kind of went away. Right. Uh, uh, I did one of those for like my birthday, like last year or something like that. Yeah. And obviously, we went to the bar beforehand. Yeah, clearly. And so how else are you gonna enjoy it? So, but this one had like a bunch of crazy stuff, and a lot of them were like the American Ninja Warrior obstacles. Yes, it, it was exhausting. Yeah, yeah. You tried to do the monkey bars as an adult. Have you ever tried it? It's tough. It's tough. It's not easy, man. Yeah. What are those? What's the word for it? They they have a special word for it. It's like indoor obstacle course, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a play zone. Indoor. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to string together words that don't belong together on an indoor obstacle course a for child adults. friendly show. <laughs> hey, we're already explicit. So, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, aren't those oh, yeah. all those American Ninja Warrior things they do? The gyms for that? Yeah. yeah. I think American Ninja Warrior really propelled a lot of these places into the forefront. Like people were watching that on TV, they're like, "Oh yeah, we could do that in real life. Why not?" It was quite humbling though, because like you're watching oh, yeah. TV and you're like, "Just, just hang on to it." You yeah, what's the big deal? Like, just swing your hips and then jump three feet. And you're like, "Oh no, it's actually really hard." <laughs> I the first time we got there, like I was like a kid. Like I showed up and I'm like so pumped, right? I just like I'm the first one to like get through the little gate, and everybody else is like still checking it, and I'm just like, "I'm gone." <laughs> I go up to the first obstacle, like jump, grab it, immediately fall, and I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." Little, little reality check there, right off the hop. And it couldn't; have, it had nothing to do with the drinks beforehand. No, no, no it was no. just it was that high of level. It was that difficult. I went to I went to one of these things too. Like, uh, you know what? I think it was for my birthday, but like five, six years ago, something like that. Right. Uh, and right as you come in the door, they had a big, like 12 foot tall half pipe, or I guess it was a quarter pipe. And the whole thing was like, you would try and run up it and then grab the ledge and pull yourself up. And, uh, I think I gassed myself out doing that like five or six times. And then that was just my, my whole stamina was shot for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. It's very humbling. Or like, you ever gone to those like trampoline park things? The like, yeah, yeah. I've realized that jumping on a trampoline is harder than you think it is. It's good. It's good cardio workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's exhausting. It's fun doing backflips. Yeah, I see. I I, that makes me feel queasy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's that's one thing I'm I'm a little hesitant about with the scuba diving thing that I'm, that I'm getting into. And I, I was talking to one of our patrons, uh, Corey Duvall about this just a little bit. I mean, not yeah, about this big, specific concern, but just scuba in general. He's a big he's scuba like an, diver. Yeah, he's an instructor or something. Um, I get like, if I like, if I'd like spin myself around, like do flips, like it makes me a little like ooh, queasy or whatever. Like, 
I hope if I like like moving stuff underwater, it doesn't make me feel all queasy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, if I get dizzy, like if I get good and legitimately dizzy, it ruins the rest of my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I'll feel like headachy and nauseous for the rest of the day if I get dizzy for 30 seconds. But you're just like me. If I feel moderately nauseous, I just make myself throw up. Oh, yeah. Pull the trigger. Right. Yeah, I remember we were in the we were in the Atlanta airport and uh, oh, yeah. you were you were feeling sick and then you went to the washroom and you came back. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I just I did the deed. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I would have done the same thing. And Scott yeah. Walsh is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're like, I, made it happen. I just made it happen. He was like, what? You're like, I made myself throw up. And Scott was like, you do that? <laughs> yeah. It's like incredulous. It's so funny. I guess there's two types of people in the world. Because it was it was all four. Of, no, Suman went to the airport earlier. It was you, me, and yeah. Scott, and, and an Uber. Yeah. And it was like, it's one of those days where it's like, it's sunny, but it's not like, it's kind of cool out. Yeah. So like, I'm sitting in the back seat, just getting pounded by the sun. So like, I feel nauseous and now I'm getting hot in the back seat. And I'm like, oh my God. This is going to be the longest Uber ride to the to the airport ever. Yeah. And oh. and I think also we slept like three hours the night before. It's pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. We were up till at least three or four that night. Just, yeah. you know, just chatting with people. That's what you do at Workbench Con. And then, I don't know, we probably got up around seven. Something like that. Thirty or seven to, for like a early, early flight. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, that was the day that you also had to drive from Atlanta uh, yeah, to Toronto. I had to drive 16 hours from Atlanta to Toronto or whatever oh. it is, 14 hours. I can't remember. I like to not think about it. Did you listen to the Green Suiters podcast while you're on that drive? No, you know what I did, actually? I mean, I would have fallen asleep and driven off the road if I... Right. <laughs> um, no, I actually listened to a lot of YouTube videos because they were like, Ooh. YouTube videos are so high energy and they want to keep you engaged. I felt like they kept me awake a lot. Okay. Yeah, YouTube is very like, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then there's this, no this. no breaks. It's like it's pure mm. pure adrenaline. Hmm. So mm. it's kind of the like stuff off the cut podcast. Yeah, exactly, pure adrenaline. That's pure what adrenaline. The, that's what we're known for. All our five star reviews just say pure adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave my own review that says pure adrenaline. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> but we will have, we actually have some, you know, I know we, we didn't get a lot of woodworking stuff in today, but we have some, yeah, we've got some riveting and I'm not saying this sarcastically. We've got some good questions. Okay. Um, we have a video question, right, Derek? Oh, we got a video question, baby. Yeah, That's it's, exciting. Yeah, it's coming. That's the first of its kind. But the only way you get access to that video question is if you go over to the after show it's on patreon so we're gonna talk about um we're gonna be very vulnerable and talk about exactly dollar figures on Mm -hmm. working on some sponsored stuff and just be real and we're gonna talk through that as well as uh some i don't know we got some other stuff i think i don't know we got plenty to talk about yeah we got a lot to talk about all right Uh, well is that uh, is that how we end this one sure okay so let me just put this podcast <laughs> to bed and let's get out of here. 